So we were coming off of uh, the election cycle. And it just, you can feel this, oh, it's over with, finally. So I was writing this week's garden column going, what can I write that's not political? I never mention politics. In fact, I like both parties. I think they're like guardrails. If any one goes off the deep end, the other party kind of brings them back. It's kind of like a road, a curvy road. They just kind of keep you in line. So we need both. I'm, I'm not pro or con of either one. But optimism, what is optimism? The definition is hopefulness or confidence about the future or the successful outcome of something. So that how can I tie that into gardening? Well, the alternate you know, the alternate garden definition to optimism is one who plants seed or young plants with the faith it will grow into something better. That's gardeners have optimism. Let me tell you, plants naturally take optimism, hope, faith to believe in their potential, to see positive outcomes, to nurture your garden, I think is good for the soul. There is more, something satisfying to the sheer act of gardening. I, I've helped so many people through this COVID season that, that stepped into a garden center. They came to Waters, and I, I just witnessed. You can just see their their demeanor. gets. It's a healing power of a store full of, full of plants. So I, I, I like to think of Waters Garden Center as a center for optimism. That's sort of how I, I started out this week's garden column. Ultimately, it's on succulents. We got a whole shipment of funky, freaky succulents that came in. Some of them have warts. Some of them are baseball size. Some of them are blobs in it. They're just cute. I mean, you just look at them and go, whoa, that's a plant. God created that. You got to be kidding me. That <laughs> I want one of those. So succulents are just kind of fun plants that you can have indoors. Many varieties can go outdoors too, but these were all indoor houseplant kind of things. I went, oh, this is so fun. I'll talk about those. And how could I set the stage? Optimism. I think you gardeners, if you're tuned into a garden, a garden program at the end, I mean, we're right before Thanksgiving and you're listening to garden program. That says something about you. You're, you're like a, you're a garden nerd or you just like the sound of my voice. I don't think it's that one. I think you're a garden nerd. And so there's some fun things that you can do. And I also think you're an optimist. You just go through life nurturing something that's beyond yourself going, I can make this grow. I can make a seed come up, a bulb emerging from the earth. Something magical about that. Something that's that's not so magical. The deer and, and rabbits have just, the poor things. They're eating things we've never seen them eat before. It's just they're, they're, they're starving. And they're going, well, I can't eat my normal grass that I like because it's all dried up. I think I'll go eat this Eliagnus or this Euonymus or you, the, the, this person's landscape. I'm going to try it because I'm just hungry. And so we're seeing a lot of that. I thought I'd spend just a moment and just share a few plants that I, I know the animals will not eat, especially the deer and javelina. And, and so I've got deer. I've got both. But rabbits seem to come into the backyard, which is fenced, but they come underneath and they come to the water. They come to the pond, the water features. They're, they're hydrating. And so if I put the wrong thing back there, they are going to just eat it to the ground. And so I won't go over the plants they'll eat. I'll go over the plants they don't eat. And I always start with the natives and the herbs. Herbal plants, things that smell uh, interesting. If you and I like the smell of the flavor, animals don't. 
There's something about fragrance, the defense that plants put into themselves going, if there's a fragrance, I'm going to make your stomach turn. I'm going to make you sick. You don't want to eat me. Keep moving and eat the next thing. This is a plant, the way they've developed and, and as natural defenses, rosemary has got this rosemary flavor to it. Now, we use it in the kitchen, but animals know if you smell that, stay away because you can't eat very much or it'll make you sick. Lavender's the same way. Oregano, thyme. There's a whole series of plants. You could plant chives, onions. These are all plants. You could plant onions right now. They're beautiful. Uh, they're not going to bother those. Arugula. You go, right, most herbs have this potent fragrance that we use to flavor things or as potpourris, or, uh, but, but animals know, nope, not, that's not good for me. Likewise, a lot of your natives have been trained. Now, native plants are, are growing wild out where these animals are naturally roaming around. So they already know, oh, don't, like, don't like that one. Keep moving because I've seen that one. We're going to keep moving on till we find something we want to devour. I'd rather go for that rose bush than eat this Eliagnus or silverberry. This is a native evergreen shrub. Gets about head high um, it, and, and wide. It's kind of big, bald, evergreen plant. And it's got a fragrance to it. And it's got a texture the back of the leaf is very leathery. Uh, it's got a, even it's got multiple defenses. The sap is bad. The leaf is very thick and rough. And the back of the leaf has a white, uh, like like a like a fluffy, powdery thing that gets caught in your throat. If you eat that, you're kind of going, oh, that's that's terrible stuff. Oh, keep moving on. You need plants like that. That uh, animals will just, they just know, this is not good. I tried this when I was a youngster, and I don't like this. One that's unusual is Nandina, or Heavenly Bamboo. This looks beautiful. It's a nice little evergreen. Comes a couple different sizes. I just planted a whole bunch of, of Gulf Stream, G-U-L-F, G-U-L-F, Gulf Stream Nandina. Um, it's an evergreen shrub, gets up about hip high or so, maybe a little lower, nice ball-shaped thing, but it's beautiful, lacy, soft, green leaves. Animals don't like that, and I think it's the sap. It's got an internal taste that, that just repels the animals. But likewise, snapdragons, it's a cute little, it's almost a perennial. It reseeds very nicely. It's like a wildflower, uh, but animals don't. Like that because the sap, it's got a white milky sap to it that just goes, hey, listen, you know I'm going to make you sick if you try to eat this. Keep moving on. And and they do keep moving on. And so there's a whole series of plants, Mahonia or Oregon grape. That's another native variety. It just grows out there in the forest. And animals just know, oh, when you see this, I think it's the sap again. They don't like the taste. It's got a real thick, leathery leaf to it, so it's hard to digest. And then it tastes bad. That's a double whammy. It gets a cute little um, yellow flower in the spring that does really great. And then it puts on a little berry. The berry actually is edible, but the foliage and the rest of the plant is not. So animals just walk by it like it was nothing. They don't want it. Uh, so those, generally speaking, also your junipers, you notice we have natural juniper forest and animals know I don't like juniper. It's got a fragrance and it's got a pokey texture to it that they just don't like. So they'll keep moving on. Arizona cypress, same way. They don't like that. So you can plant those right out there where deer are roaming around and they will not munch on it.
Now, let me get rid of the juniper myth as well. So junipers, they come in male and female form. Everyone goes, oh, I get allergies. Oh, my gosh. I can't plant a juniper. Yeah, you can. They're natural. They're native. They adapt really well. They're low water, low care. Animals don't eat them. Every yard needs at least two or three junipers. But you want the females, not the males. The males are the ones that put on the pollen. The males are the ones that cause all the issues. They have all the allergies. The females don't have pollen. They don't have allergies. They put on the berries to them. So when we're breeding, when we're growing junipers here at the garden center, we're looking for a grower that has a genetic an exact copy of a female. So we don't have all the allergy issues. So it won't be a messy juniper. It'll be a clean, neat juniper, and it's not going to give you allergies. And quite honestly, if you have allergies to junipers, you're surrounded by juniper forests. There's no hope. I mean, a whole hillsides, the whole thing is like, there's a dust covering every, the entire city. It's filled with this, with the males. They just want to pollinate everything. And so one little golden juniper that's knee high, spreading out knee wide, it's not going to cause you any grief. That's not your problem. But they're so hardy. And deer, javelina, rabbits, everything leaves a juniper alone. They're just natural. They're great plants for the high-altitude landscapes that we're dealing with here in northern Arizona. Got more in store for you, but got to take a break. Be right back after this.